0: Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechevar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechevar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafiyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health and happiness. May his grandparents also Enjoy much Nahat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in heart for the entire family. Amen. Amen. Today's Gemara has been dedicated by Adam and Frida Azrak in memory of Mr. Victor Azrak, Yeshua Ben Rina Hashem Began Amen. Today's Daf is being studied we are going to begin on And we are going to start three four five six seven lines from the bottom Starting with the words Gufa. And the Gemara says Gufa, we learned above which means that if you have bread of Teruba that became Tameh, or for that matter you have oil of Teruba that became Tameh, the Kohanim are allowed to use it as fuel, which means is that you're allowed to have Hanaa from Teruma to Virava amar deber bi Yitzhak Barbarta Amaravuna. In the name of the Yeshiva of Rab Yzhakbar Mata, who said in the name of Ravuna, Lo Shanu Ela Pat. When did the rabbis allow us to use Tiruma Shinitmet? That's only if it is bread. Why? Because as we learned in yesterday's draft, they would take the bread of Terumah Teme'ah, and they would throw it amongst the wood, and therefore it would become, would become disgusting, and therefore there was no suspicion that the Kohen might come and eat this Terumah Teme'ah. Now let's say regarding wheat kernels of Terumah that became Teme'ah, in this case over here, it would be forbidden from the rabbis for the Kohen to use it to make a Fire, why? Because we're concerned that he might come to eat them. Why might he come to eat them? Because even if you take these wheat kernels and you throw them amongst the firewood, they do not become disgusting. And therefore, we're concerned that the Kohen, by mistake, might come and eat it. So therefore, according to this opinion, there's a difference between pot, bread, or... A comes to the Gemara and says, "The Rabbi I'm not a even wheat kernels is permissible for the Cohen to use as fuel.' The says, why should it be permissible? We should we be concerned that maybe he's going to come and transgress by eating the wheat kernels?' The Gemara says, 'So we're following.'" like what Ashe said, we're talking about kernels that were first shaluk, shaluk means they were boiled, and then they became ma'us, then they were disgusted, meaning they were thrown amongst the firewood. Now Avasheh said his deen regarding something else, but we're going to apply it to this case. So to hear, when Avyohana was dealing with kernels, which means after they became tamen, The Quran boiled them first and then he made them disgusting by throwing them as firewood. So, therefore, he says, No, what are we concerned about? It's disgusting just like the bread. And therefore, we're not concerned that he might come and eat these wheat kernels. Comes to Gemara and says, Where did Rabbi Asher say this subject of boiling them and then making them ma'us? In which context? Did Hashem make a statement? ahad <talking> amara bi abin barav, Aha, amara bi itchak. Gemara <language> says the name of Rabbi Itchak, abbas Sha'ul gabal shel Rabbi Haya. abbas Sha'ul used to knead dough in the house of Rabbi. He was the official kneader of the dough. shel So, they would heat water for him, and how did they heat this water? They would take 15 wheat kernels of that became and they would use it to heat for him water. Now, even though he was needing dough and he was very careful to make sure that the dough he was needing remained because he worked for the bee and we know that the bee was makpid, He was careful to even eat regular foods, meaning chulin, so therefore, a that was the needer was very careful to make sure that the dough remained tahor. And what did they use as the fuel? The fuel was Tiruma Shinitmet, terumah that became tameh, but we're talking specifically about wheat kernels. So Kazi Gemaran says, Amai, how did they allow to use these wheat kernels? Why are we concerned that what that somebody might come and eat them, and therefore you're going to have a problem? This was done with kernels that they first boiled them, and after they boiled them, they were made disgusting, and therefore there was no fear that somebody was going to come and eat them. Now, of course, uh, Abba Sheol had to be careful when he was uh, eating this dough, that the dough does not come in contact with the chitim, because they were indeed tamer, and he wanted to make the dough tahor for ribi. So you see over here that Bashir applied his rule, that if you make it boiled first, if you boil the wheat, then already they become ma'us, and therefore, once they're thrown in the firewood, there is no suspicion that you might come and eat it. Now the Gemara uh, goes on to a new point. Abaye bar Avin vera abhananya bar Avin tanu terumot be Abaye bar Avin and abhananya bar Avin, they learnt masikh terumot in the bet midrash of rabba. Pagabihu rabba bar masna. So one time. Rabba, met them. Amad lehu, so he told them, "My What the that you so learned in the yeshiva of Rabba regarding masechet and Amad so they told him, "What's your question? What's, what's difficult that you're asking?" Amad so he said to them, "Now we learned in the mishnah tenuot, shetile tenuot u'shtalan." Let's say you have teruma plants that became tameh. For example, as she says, let's say you have stalks of cabbage or stalks of leek. That they were detached from the ground, and therefore they were separated for teruma. Therefore they have a kiddushah. And then what happened? They were replanted. So now again, you're replanting teruma became which means these cabbages, for example, if they were designated for terumah, they got tumah. Now you go and replant them. So the Mishnah says they become pure in the fact that what? They cannot other things. The fact that you replant these items and they take root, so therefore it's not considered food anymore it goes back to being a plant, and since it goes back to being a plant, it loses its original status. But they are still forbidden to eat. So the question he asked was, Once you tell me that, once you replant these items, they are taho, they cannot generate tum'ah, so then why should you tell me that a Kohen cannot eat them? Which means, obviously, these items do not remain bituma because you're telling me that once you replant them, it loses its status. So, why should a Kohen be forbidden to eat these uh, plants? Which means it sounds like that they are going to still remain bituma. So, it comes, so that was the question that he asked. Amay asurin mele'ichol. If they're not tame, so the Kohen should be allowed to eat it. Amru So they answered him. This is the way Rabah explained. My asurin. What does it mean, asurin? Asurin le'zarim. Meaning these plants now are forbidden for let's say a Yisrael or a non-Kohen. Which means, even though we're going to say that by replanting them, it loses its status, meaning it's not going to be considered Tameh anymore. However, it is still considered Tidumah. Which means, the plant is no longer Tameh. And therefore, if Kohanim want to eat it, they can eat it. But it still has the status of Tidumah. And therefore, when it says, Asurin mele'echol, it means for non-Kohanim. So the Gemara says, What's the halachah of that Mishnah? Teruma Teruma. What are you trying to tell me? That when you replant Teruma, it remains Teruma. Is that the halachah over here? That when you have a new growth of Teruma, which means the plant itself still remains Teruma. I mean, not only what grows from it, but the plant itself that you rerooted it maintains the status. Of teruma, therefore non kohen cannot eat it? Because we know this. Tanina. We learned it already from another Mishnah that clearly says, Gidule teruma, teruma. Which means the growth of teruma is considered like teruma itself. Now, this is according to the Torah. I, I take it back. This is according to the Rabbanan. According to Torah law, once you replant tirumah, it indeed loses its status of tirumah, and it's totally nullified and goes back to becoming a regular plant. However, the rabbis came along and said that when you plant tirumah, it remains tirumah. Why did the rabbis make such an injunction? Because of the following concern. Let's say you'll have a uh, a, a non-kohen, and he has tirumah and he doesn't want to give the tirumah to the kohen. So what does he do? He'll go replant it. Now, once he replants it, it loses the status of tirumah, and he can continue enjoying eating the growth. So the rabbi said, no, once you have tirumah and you replant it, it's not going to help you to replant now and go back to becoming kohen. It's going to remain tirumah if we have no benefit from withholding it to the kohen. So in any event, that Mishnah cannot be telling me that when you replant Terumah, it maintains the status of Terumah because it is obvious. We have a Bifidush Mishnah. Oh, maybe the Hadush is like this. Maybe it's talking about the growth that derives from the plant's new growth. What is this referring to? Okay, but I will explain. Which means there are certain types of plants that the original plant or the original seed after you plant it remains. It does not disintegrate, it does not perish. An example of that would be a, an onion. An onion, when you plant it in the ground, it has the ability to produce more onions, but the original onion still remains. And therefore the Hadush of the Gemara is that maybe not only like we just thought to say let's say if a person planted wheat. A person plants wheat in that case the original seed perishes. And the Hadush you're telling me is that when you plant it in the ground so therefore whatever grows from it is going to become uh, teruma as well which means when you put the wheat of turuma back in the ground it remains teruma. It's coming to say, no, maybe the douche is. that. let's say you have now a bulb of onion that was teruma, and you put it in the ground. Now, this bulb doesn't only get bigger, but it actually is going to cause four or five or even six more onions to grow, and the original bulb is going to remain, and therefore it's coming to tell me that the growth of the growth, meaning you put the onion in the ground, and now it grew three or four more onions that were never teruma. Not like the first onion that just, you know, grew a little more. Now it's producing totally different onions, and still you're telling me what? That the new growth has the status of tirumah. Oh, and that would be the chidush. So the Gemara says, that's also obvious. We also have Mishnah that teaches us that. What does it say in the Mishnah? mutarim. Regarding Tebe, what is Tebe? Tebe, we know, is fruits that one did not take yet, Terumot and maasrot. He did not give the proper entitlements to the Kohen. Now, when is there a Hayuv uh, to give these entitlements? When one takes, let's say, the harvest, and he puts it in a pile, and he smoothens the pile. However, before smoothing the pile, which is called miruah hakri, so achilat radai, it it is permissible. However, once you make miruah hakri, then you cannot eat any part of that fruit that is called tevin. Now, this Mishnah is telling us, even after this fruit became tevin, if let's say one replants the tevin, oh, now he replants the tevin, now it goes back to as if it was before and therefore if, if you harvest it again, you'd be able to eat it, but Akilat Aray. So again, the Gebarat says that, that the growth becomes permissible for consumption, meaning Akilat Aray. And this applies in a case where let's say you replanted something that the seed perishes like wheat. But let's say in a case where the seed does not perish during planting, for example, let's say the onions. In that case, even the new growth, for example, the new onions that grow are going to be asud. So, what do you see over here? By tevel, the only time we say it's negated is in a case where the seed perishes. It makes sense. The seed perishes, so therefore it's considered a new item. For example, you planted wheat of tevil. Good, so now you plant it in the ground, the seed perishes, so now you understand why you tell me it goes back to its original status, as if it was the formula, Ah, but if, if the seed is kayam, for example, it's like by an onion where the seed, the bulb, stays, and therefore the Fetushas and all this new stuff that comes out of it also is going to have the status of tevil, and it's going to be forbidden, even Akhilat arai And therefore the Gemara wants to derive that just like... This law applies by Tebel, certainly it's going to apply by Tirumah. Obviously, Tirumah is more stringent than Tebel. And therefore, we'll say the same thing. If you planted a bulb of Tirumah, an onion, let's say, and now and that onion produced more, those are Gidule Gedulim, and since the uh, bulb is still Kayam, it did not perish, so everything is going to maintain the status of. So we're back to the question. What was the Hiddush in that Mishnah when it said, It's not referring to, let's say, when one planted wheat, because we understand that it maintains its status, and it's not referring to the onions, because we also understand that the growth that come out of it also are going to maintain their status of Teruma, therefore, it's going to be a suh for a Israel to eat because it's still teruma. So, what is the then? So Gemara says, Ishtiku. So, those two rabbis, Abayin and Abchani, Na'bad Avin, they were silenced; they couldn't answer the question. Amrul is, Bamatna comes along <speaking> and <in> tells them, <Hebrew> "Miidi shami alach So, they told him, Amrul, they told. Did you, so you asked us this question. We don't have an answer. Do you have an answer to this? Did you hear anything? This is what Rabsheeshat said. What does it mean when it's said in the Mishnah that these new growths are Asurim, cannot eat them? Asurim, the Kohanim. They are forbidden for the Kohanim. How could that be so? Because since after they were replanted, these plants of tiruma were now unattended to. Means there was a sayah The Kohen took his mind off these items. And therefore once uh, a Kohen takes his mind off items that are Kadosh, so they have a status of Tum'ah, and therefore you have to assume that these plants became tamer because the Kohen stopped guarding them once they were replanted, and therefore they become Pasuk for the Queen to eat. Achamim learned this from a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, ani natati lecha et meshmeret trumotai." When it comes to terumah, terumah has to be guarded. Meaning you have to protect it and make sure that it does not come contaminated. If the Quran takes his mind off and he does not attend to it, so therefore the teruma becomes invalid. So therefore, back to the Gemara, the Gemara is saying like this, that what it said in the Mishnah, the Kohanim cannot eat it, it's because once this teruma originally was tamen. And then what happened? it was replanted in the ground. Once it's replanted in the ground, so the took his mind off it, so now it is going to have a status of Tum'ah, where even the Quanim are not going to be allowed to eat it. So the governor analyzes this. <laughs> Which means, what is this P'sul of Esayah When the Quran does not uh, pay attention to the Tum'ah, and invalidates it, how does this work? So if you say that there's a special stringency that the Chachamin came along and said by Tirumah and because since these items are very holy, they have a lot of sanctity, so therefore you have to guard them very seriously. And therefore, if there's a lapse in the guarding and one does not pay attention, so therefore it's going to consider that what? These items are going to become Tameh. Which means it's a stringency that the Achamin put regarding Tiruma and Kodshim. So if you say, uh, So now we understand that since these plants uh, are, uh, were disregarded, even though they're Tahor now, and that's the Hadush of even though when you replanted them, all agree that they be considered new again, and therefore they're considered Tahor, but there's a special deen that when you have tiruma that is disregarded, or the government doesn't pay attention to it, even though we know for a fact it's Tahor. We replanted it. Doesn't matter. Hashemin put a special stringency that if you don't guard the Tirumah constantly, it becomes Tameh. Even though you know it is Tahor. Stringency, we want you to guard the Tirumah. So it makes sense. But according to the opinion that learns, that the say hadat, when one does not pay attention to Tirumah, the Psul is Tumah. Meaning because you have to suspect maybe it became Tameh. It's not a, a magical thing where how can you just put a Tumah on it because you just it. The concern is when you don't pay attention to the Tumah, it's Tameh because it could have potentially come in contact with Tumah. What are you going to say in this place? In this place it's undoubtedly the Tumah tahor because you replanted it. And therefore, how can you say that the Korim are going to be forbidden to eat it because they didn't pay attention to it. But in this case, we know for a fact there was no way this tirumah could be tamer. Because once it's replanted, it becomes ta'or. If it's a magical thing, meaning if you think it's a din, as the Gemara calls it, like goof. stop it's a din like this. That when you don't watch the turumah, it becomes tasul. Well, I I can even put the stringency that They want you to watch the uh, tirumah. Okay, and if you didn't do it, I don't care if it's ta'or. We're going to put tumah on it. Then we understand even though we know for a fact, 100% that this turma is Tehora, because it was replanted, still, the Quran can't eat it. But if you tell him, you know, the whole shot in Hesey HaDados, because maybe it became tameh, or maybe if it became tameh. so in this case, we know it didn't become tameh. even if Quran took his mind off of it, because bottom line, it was replanted. So the Goya explains now uh, this these two opinions. The Itmar, because we have his name, and we learned... Hesay which means when a Kohen, let's say, takes his mind off the teruma, the koshim, Rabbi Yohanan Amad, psul tumad. Rabbi Yohanan says the tumah now is because there's a possibility that it might have become Tamer through his intention. Rabbi Shimon ben Naki Shamar, Rabbi Shimon ben Naki says no, psul laguba, no, it's just Tamer itself. So Gemara says. What does it mean, psul <speaking in language> She's the old psul of when you put it, it doesn't attend to the turuman, it has to say hadad. It's because you're concerned it might have come in contact with tum'a. therefore you can't eat it. Therefore, hour and avid, let's say, would come, and he would tell us, no, 100% this turuman never came in contact with. So we listen to him, because all suspicions that might have come in contact with Tum'ah, but if the tells us that it didn't come in contact with Tum'ah, so he resolved, that was a fake. Whereas the comes no, put a Tum'ah on it regardless, since you didn't treat Tum'ah with its sanctity, because you had to say, it's coming regardless. And therefore, shim yavoh eliyah uvitarenah, and show me and even if the uh, we would come along and say that this Tirumah is a hundred percent tahor, we don't listen to him because it's got nothing to do with it being a problem uh, of maybe a chemical kati with tumah. It's just a that uh, the rabbis put on it. Therefore, that would be the nafkamina between the two opinions of Rabbi Yochanan and the Shtakish. So now the Gemara says Etibed Rabbi Yochanan, the Shimon ben Akish. Rabbi Yochanan asks a question again, Rabbi the opinion that says it is p'sula See, The rabbis just put a tumah on these teruma that had his sechadat. ben Osher, haya ben la There was a small cavity built into the floor of the bet migdash between the ramp that used to go up to the Mizbaya ha and the Mizbeah. So, on the way up to the ram, on the ground, next to the ram, they built a certain, like a window, that she says, the hole in the ground. So they put it on the western side of the ram leading up to the Mizbeah. Now, what did they put in this cavity? If, let's say, you had a certain type of Quran called chatataof, which is a bird offering, and let's say, somehow this bird offering uh, became basul, right? Something happened to the bird, and therefore it would not be fitting to put on the mezbeah. Now, as she tells us, the basul over here was not a full-fledged psul It was a quasi-psul, and therefore, normally if it becomes full-fledged deal then you have to burn it immediately, you cannot put it on the mezbeah. But since this case is talking about a the khatartov that did not become full-fledged, so, therefore, you can't burn it because you can't just uh, randomly burn Kodesh that is not 100% uh, Pasul. So, what do you do? You have to make it Pasul. So, they would put it in this cavity and they would leave it overnight. Once you leave it overnight, now it becomes Pasul full fledged because now it's lina. You're not allowed to leave the, uh, the bird overnight. And then the next morning, they would take it from this cavity, this lul, and they would actually go and burn it. So, let's read that inside. Says, they would throw a hatat became Pasul Ut Mean they would wait till their appearance changed. What does that mean? They would wait till their appearance changed. I mean they would leave it overnight. When you leave meat out overnight, its appearance, its appearance obviously changes. The the And then in the morning they go and they take it out the Bittah That's the place that was designated to burn all Kodanot that became Pasul. So let bishlama our If you're telling me that the logic when you have a sayah when one takes his mind off something that's Kurdish, it's a suspicion that it might have become Tameh. So now we understand. This case over so the Khatata office talking about a case where the Kohen had a say Hadar. It took his mind off of it. So now we don't know, is it Tameh? Is it not? We have a safik. Well, what's the rule? When you have a safik, you can't just burn something The safik of Kodesh. That's why you put it in that Lul. You wait till the next day. You need what's called Ibur. Uh, uh, surah, you have to wait till its appearance changes. Now, that by the next morning, it's full-fledged pasu, because it's was left overnight. That's why you have to wait till the next day. Now, we understand it. And and furthermore, the Gemara says, because shemme yavu iliyahu v'tay v'tarenna. And furthermore, iliyahu and avi can come in the interim and say, even though you had to say, Hadad, you know what? It's tahor. It never became tamir. Therefore, since it's in the cavity, you have extra time, you could save it, however, but if you say, when the Quran takes his mind, off the Quran, it's basu regardless, even if the Quran, comes along and tells you, so the Quran says, what do I have to wait, till the next day for, I should be, I should have to burn it immediately, because we have a rule, what this is the rule, anything, any type of Quran, that is inherently pasul, which means there's no question that it is pasul, so then the deen is, yisaref miyad, so then already you have to burn it at once. And the drighta continues, bedam ubebe'alim, but let's say the pasul came in the blood of the animal. For example, the meat is still kasher, but the blood that you're supposed to catch in a klisharet, it let's say spilled on the floor. Or let's say the owners of the Qurban became Pasul. For example, the like Qurban, where the owners have to eat it, they became Pasul. So there, the, since the Qurban itself didn't become Tamil, it became, it became Pasul from a side point. Either because the blood spilled on the floor or the owners became Pasul. In that case, in that case, you have to just wait till the Qurban changes its appearance, meaning you put it in that loom and you wait overnight. And then the next day you burn it, that's only in that case because the actual meat itself did not become pasu. Either the blood became pasu or the owners. But in the case where the meat itself became pasu, meaning according to the opinion that says, Heseya is a psul in the goof, that it renders the goof of the Quran pasu. The rabbis put a stringency on it. It's not a question, maybe it's stomach, maybe it's not. It's stomach. There's a sechaddad. So therefore, why do you take the Khatata off that became pasuut and say hadarat, and you put it in the cavity, put it in the lul? On the contrary, you should burn it right away. Why do you have to wait till the next day? So that's the question of Yehudan asked to Ishtakish. stakish. mara answers, Amale. So Ishtakish answers, Haytana, Tanad beir abba bar abu who uh, this tana meaning the Talat of the Bright, which is the Bishma'el, Benoche, Reb Yohan, he is going according to the following opinion that says, Mm -hmm. that even if a Qurban became tameh intrinsically, meaning with Pigul, what is Pigul? For example, the Quran had bad thoughts when he brought the Qurban, either, let's say, to eat the meat, past its time, or to eat the meat outside of its designated place, where everybody agrees, pigul, that makes the actual animal pasul intrinsic, and still, he holds, you need a bur surah. You still don't burn it right away, you have to wait till the next day. So therefore, even if you want to tell me that when one has a sechadat on a kurman, and it's pasul aguf, still, obviously this opinion holds, even by Pesul Goof, you don't burn right away. That's following that opinion. There is no question on me. You bring me an opinion that also even Pigul uh, is is not burned right away. So therefore, there is no question. That is a special opinion of that now. Son of now answer the question. Another question. He asked him a question. Netma LaBasa. Let's say the meat of a kurban became tameh somehow, or it became uh, pasu pasul. The difference between nitma'ah or nifsal is nitma'ah it became tame and has the ability to mitame others. Nifsal means it became pasul but does not have the ability to transmit it further. Or Shiyatzah Hutzla Kilahen. Or let's say the meat was taken out literally of the curtains. Meaning, the meat was taken out of its designated place where it's permissible. The be The B-d-R-H-Z-R-O-M-E-D. Be- it says, Yizrot. Still, the Kohen should sprinkle the blood and throw the blood on the Mizbeach. Meaning, this opinion of the it be- the holds that even though the meat itself is not viable, it became pasul, it became tamet, but that does not affect the blood. You still have to make zirika. The B'Yoshua says, no, you can't make zirikah because since the meat is not valid anymore, so therefore the blood is also not valid for zirikah. But the does indeed agree She that if in this case you did throw the blood on the Mizbaya, khurza. Khurza meaning that it'll be accepted. Which means only in the case of the B'Di'avad, where this korban was invalid and the kohen <coughs> uh, sprinkled so therefore it will be kasher but the avadim explain as she brings down that that's one of the reasons why the kohen got do that's that the uh, headband around his forehead that would be uh on uh, animals that became tameh in the bet hamikdash and therefore it had the ability to make the Qurban accepted. That's what well, he says, but the you should sprinkle it. In any event, the Gemara analyzes it. My Nifsal, let's get us understand what this Gaita is talking about. What does it mean the Qurban became Pasu? Well, Nitma was said already. So Nitma is referring to all other ways that a Qurban can become Tamir. From the fact that it says, Nifsal, it must be talking about a different type of psoul. La, <laughs> they say, hadat. Ah, so the word psoul is coming to include even if it became tameh because the queen did not pay attention to it. Oh, so if it's referring to that, <laughs> If you learn, Rabbi is talking, that when a person has to say hadat on kodesh, that, what wow, it's a psul because maybe it became tameh the seats so now we understand that the seeds has the ability to accept this korban, meaning if you sprinkle the blood it'll be considered um, it'll be considered kasher. so therefore again we read again if you say that this issue is that you have a sefek, when you have a sehadaat, did the kurmam bikam ta meonat, hainu de mashkachat laad So that's why the Beershuah says, if you sprinkle the blood, it's kasher, because the seats will be mechaped on the tumah. But if you tell me no, how could the Qurban gain acceptance? Because, because the seeds is not mechaper on these areas. Which means, if the meat became pasukos, it left the walls. That's not intrinsic in the meat. The seeds can bechapered. And bring atonement for such a Qurban. If, let's say, another external fact, the Kohen, let's say, had thought she was going to eat the Qurban outside its time, also, that is not intrinsically in the meat itself. Of course, the meat is pasul, but it's not intrinsic. And therefore, the seeds can be chaper. However, if it's intrinsic, for example, in the case of, say, adat, if you tell me that it's pasul aguf, how can it be a say if you sprinkle the blood? it'll be, the seats are not the table to the Bechapeth. So the Shri answers, no, my Nifsal, what did it mean when it said Nifsal? You told me that Nifsal means that it was, of course, the Kohen had to say Hadat? No. Nifsal B'tibul Yom. We're talking about a tabul Yom came in contact with the Korban. What is a tabul Yom? Someone that became Tamer, and he went to the Mikveh, and it is still before sunset. So before sunset, he still is tameh to the extent that he can Kodashim. And therefore, uh, that's the reason. Meaning, this a case over here is where the tabul yom touched the korban. Uh, now, the hedush is since the tabul yom is partly tahor. I mean, he did go to the mikveh. And therefore, it really doesn't sale the meat, we'll call it intrinsically. Therefore, if the blood was sprinkled, it'll be valid, because the seed of the Kohen Gadol has the ability to mechaper. In fact, that the meat itself is pasul de guf, because since it only became tamer through a tibul yom, and the tibul yom really is taur, he went to the mkmeh. So therefore, it can be uh, uh, accepted. What are you talking about? How can that be? Hainu tamer. Isn't that the case of Tameh? I mean, you, you gave me cases of Tameh and Pasul. Isn't included in the case of Tameh, a case of a Tehul Yom that touched the Qurban? There are two different types of Tumah, which means there's a Tumah of a regular Tumah, and then there's a Tumah of the Tehul Yom, which means the that makes a uh, distinction between two sorts of meaning Either let's say it became tame through Pigul meaning the Kohen had bad thoughts meaning outside its time or outside its place or it became Pasul through a Tavul Yom common denominator between all these cases. It's not considered a psul in the goof because the animal itself intrinsically is not Pasul became pasul from an outside source, even if the Yom is considered, not Pesul so good, because he himself has tahara, so therefore we say that, if the blood was sprinkled, it's okay, and therefore Ishtakish is able to answer, but if the korban, according to Ishtakish, became pasul, according to Ishtakish, if the animal, or the korban, became uh, pasul, because of, they say, Hadat, so that has to say the ra'as considered psulagruv, and therefore, the seats would not be mechapered on such a thing, and therefore the blood does not, uh, cannot be sprinkled even with the avad. The Gemaran continues. Kisalik <clears throat> Ravin. When Ravin left Babel. And he went to Eretz Israel, Amra leShemateh Kamed Rabbidimia. So he sat over his Haddushim zalachot in front of Rabbidimia. The Amar when the Rabbidimia heard the Haddushim of Rabi, he said, "Bablaet pshaet. These foolish Babylonians mishum di yavet be'arad haHashuca because they dwell in a dark land." So they say things that are also dark, and he didn't appreciate that the quote that he was saying over. And he says like this to him: Lo shami alenu. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, mishemeh the Rabbi Oshaya, she didn't you hear the statement of Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish the name of Rabbi Oshaya, which means we're going back now to the case. Of, let's say you have Tiruma And we learned earlier that if you have a plant of Tiruma teme'a and you replant it, so we said it becomes tahor, which means it's considered nullified in the ground, but we said that the Koanim, Asurim we said Asurim is referring to the Koanim themselves, and we explained it because. There was a Hadat. And the Hedush of Hesei Hadat is what? That since the Quran took his mind off of it, and therefore we say this is considered p'sul in the uh, goof, and therefore the Quran is not permissible to eat it. So he says, how can you say such a thing? Don't you know what the Shaki said? Let's say you have the waters of the holiday that became Tameh. What are we talking about? This is referring to, let's say, the waters that they used to pour on the Mizbeach on the holiday of Sukkot. So we know that there was a special Mizvah of Nisuch HaMayim on the days of Sukkot. Now, what they would generally do is every day of Sukkot, they would go down to a special uh, well. It's called Mayana Shilohah. And they would draw the water and they would bring it to the bet HaMikdash. Problem is, on Sukkot, on Shabbat of Sukkot, you also had to pour the water on the Mizbeah. But you had a problem, you couldn't access it because you couldn't carry the waters from Mayan and to the Betta So what they would do was, they would draw the water from the Shabbat and they would not sanctify it until Shabbat itself, until the time that they were uh, supposed to put it on the Mizbeah. Now we're discussing a case over here where the waters of nisuchamayim for Shabbat Sukkot, they became Tameh. Well, now you have a problem, because you cannot go back and draw new waters. So we have to figure out a way, is there a way to purify waters of Kodesh that became Tameh? So the Gemara says, which means the waters of Sukkot, meaning of Shabbat, they became Tameh. It's only Shabbat, because it doesn't happen during the week, so you just get new waters. You can't get new waters. So what do you do? So you do a process which's called Hashaka. Hashaka means you take the waters and you attach them to a mikveh, which means you literally Ashaka means to kiss, which means uh, you attach the waters uh, of this. And let it touch the waters of a mikveh. So that waters of the mikveh has the ability to these waters. Another way of saying hashakah would be zidiah. Meaning as if you're replanting the waters in a mikveh. But the deen is first you have to make ashaka. First you have to kiss the waters to the mikveh, then you sanctify them. Then you have to re- uh, sanctify them, to make them Kodesh. Then, Teorin. Then the process works. but if let's say, they made it Kodesh first. For example, let's say, they put it in the Klisharet, this Mayim, Temein. And then, if you made them Kodesh, you went and made Hashaka, so then the Deen is Temein. Then, they do not have the ability to become, they remain Tamil. How do you get what God says? Mechti lozav loziri nu. Bottom line: when you make a shikan, that's like you're replanting them in the mikveh. Mali he shikan <laughs> v'harkak echdisan. Mali echdisan v'harkak shikan What do I care if you made them Kurdish first and then you put them in the mikveh, or if you put them in the mikveh and made them Kurdish? The point is. Either way, by connecting these waters to the Mekveh, it makes it ta'or. We want the differentiation between the cases. Allah must be, and Zidia, like That's the point. Which means, the Shtakish, in the name of the Moshiach must be teaching us that something that is Kodesh, it will not help you to replant it in the M'kver, and It will not remove the Tumah which means because the rabbis put a special kiddushah on these items, and therefore, once they're kodesh, they cannot become tahor by these means. so here too, by the case of planting terumah, and ziriah le-terumah. Once the terumah, which was terumah, became tameh, it's not going to help you to remove the tumah from the terumah by replanting because the rabbis put these frequencies on Terumah as well, and therefore, the Koranim cannot eat these plants not because of the Seah Hadat. They can't eat these plants because they are still Tameh. Not like you want to explained that the reason why the Quran can't eat it because there was a Daat and therefore his mind was off of it and therefore has p'shudah like No, leave all that. The reason why the Quran can't eat it is for a simple reason. Because it's tameh. Why is it tameh? Because put a stringency. Once you have something that's called like Finished. There is no... and becomes tameh. You cannot metahed it through hashaka. That's why the, clearly the statement was if you didn't mekadesh it, and you made a shaka, then it'll work. But once you make a it finished, now already it is no way to take it off. So the same thing with tirumashin itmed. Replanting it is not going to take the tumah off. If uh, That's the case. That's why the you cannot eat it. Now to give an analog. Yatib, Radhimi, come on there. Radhimi was sitting and he repeated this specialty <laughs> that we just learned about which means one of the said that if you made it Kodesh that Hatshaka is not going to work is it referring to the you made it Kodesh by putting it in a keli one of the ways to make the Mayim Kodesh is you take the vessel, the Klish I did and you pour the Mayim into it and it would become Kodesh but maybe if let's say you only sanctified it he only made his kodesh b'peh, verbally, meaning he said, ah, that is a kodesh. That's a lower level of uh, sanctification. Maybe the rabbis were not stringent in such a case, meaning maybe the rabbis were not. Only when you made ikdesh b'kli, which is of the strictest uh, ikdesh, that's the highest level of Igdesh, because normally when you put something in a keli, it becomes kidushet goof. it intrinsically becomes kodesh. In that case, the rabbi said, hashakah will not take it off of its tumah. However, maybe when you only made Hegdosh of the Peh um, means that you sanctified it verbally, and then it became Tameh, uh, maybe since sanctifying it verbally is not such a strict kidusha, maybe Hashakah will work. Or maybe they made the stringency even. So that was the question that that had. Well, actually, that's the question that they asked Radvimi, but he yeah, had the question. Radvimi answers, Amale zudo shamatis. Well, I didn't hear regarding this exact case, but can you say But I heard something similar that will apply. And basically, Radvimi is going to come along and say that the din applies even if something was just sanctified verbally. It has enough kedusha where the rabbis are going to say. That you cannot take it off through hashaka or ziriya. The Amoriby Abba Moriby Hanan, anabim shenitmiu. Okay, you have grapes. Like we mentioned yesterday, that you have grapes that became tameh. Dura haan, Now, you want to use these grapes. You want to use the wine from these grapes for nisuachayim, pouring the wine in the well, which is considered kodesh. So, what did you do? If you press the grapes first. And then you sanctified and made the juice of it kodesh tehorin, because do you remember we learned that even though the et tameh, we look at the juice that's in the grapes as separate, and therefore the grapes uh, do not have the ability to the juice if it is less than a shiur, meaning if the grapes are less than a shiur of a kabeza, so therefore does not have the ability to the juice as that is, that is within. So the G-d says, if you press them, and then only after you made the juice that comes out of it Kodesh, and it says it is Comes the to and says, but let's say you made the grape Kodesh first. And then you press them, Timayim. So now the juice becomes Tameh, because now the rabbis are going to come along and say, once you made the grapes Kodesh, we're going to come along and say that the juice over here is going to be considered part of the grape, and therefore when it comes Tameh along with the fruit itself, and therefore you cannot use it for the sukhayayin. So you see what? Over here we're saying, Hidush that when you have a grape, and there's wine in the grape, and so if you didn't make it Kodesh and you pressed it, okay, so then the wine remains tall, they can use it now for the Mizmehah, but if you made the grape this first, now already the rabbis put a stringency that we're going to look at the wine and the grape as they considered one with the grape and this was going to become tamir from the grape, now the question is how did you sanctify this grape? So, so, Grapes, the only way to make them Kodesh is verbally. You don't put grapes in it You put wine in the at it So the only way to make the grapes Kodesh must have been verbally. And still you see what the rabbis made a mahala, the rabbis still made a stringency. Meaning so you see over here that even verbal kedusha brings a stringency that what you cannot uh, you cannot make a shakawaza. I mean just like by the case of the grapes. We're saying if you made it Kodesh, how can you make grapes Kodesh? Only through verbal Kodesh. And still you tell me what? The rabbi then made a stringency that we look at the grapes and the wine as one. Therefore, once the grapes become Tamer, the wine becomes, therefore, it's invalid for the Mizbaya. So the same thing I'll say by the Nishukha Mayim. Even if you verbally made it Kodesh, the rabbi's going to put a stringency that what? Once it becomes Tamer, there is no way to purify it through Hashakah. Amar Yosef, so Yosef rejects this. Yosef says, Anavim Ka You're bringing this case over here of the Yohanan with the case of the grapes. Ha kaba Anavim Shel Askinah. Uh, these grapes were not grapes of Nisuchayayin. These grapes over here were grapes of Tiruma. De Kedushat Pedidu Ke Kedushat By Tiruma, there is no such thing as Putting teruma in a Keli. You don't make teruma Kodesh through A Keli. The only way you make teruma Kodesh is through verbal. You say Arezu teruma. So for teruma Kedushat Kali ke is considered like Kiddushat Keli. Amalahane, but the case of the ma'im the ba keli by point, the ma'im you have to put it in the Keli. Maybe the rabbis did not make a stringency, is you have no proof from that case of the grapes, because those grapes were teruma. Teruma verbally sanctifying them, is considered as if you put it in a keli, because that's that's the highest level of terumah. You make kidushat the peh. You don't put teruma in a keli to make it kadosh. And therefore, for teruma kidushat peh, it's considered kidushat keli. But for nisukah mayim, where it's, you can't, you do have to put it in a cliche, maybe kli, making a uh, kedusha of Peh, verbal, the rabbis are not put this string. You see? And therefore, Rabbi Yosef says it's possible that if you just made Kedushah Peh it would, and it became Tamer subsequently, it would still be permissible to uh, make it Tahor through Hashikah. So we have no proof by the case of Terumah, by the case of uh, Anavim, grapes, because indeed it was referring to grapes of Terumah. Amén ve Amén.